Welcome to Nine Bob Note with Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nine Bob Note. I am Paul Isles Rush. And I'm Ken Moss. Well, carrying on with the taking turns theme, Ken, it's your turn this week. What have we got? Kylie Minogue. Aha! <laughs> I, on a very different side of the fence, have always <laughs> uh, been quite fond of Kylie Minogue. Way, way back into the mid-80s when she was Charlene on Neighbours. Yeah. And I can vividly remember the day that I first saw the music video for I Should Be So Lucky. Now, in those days, uh, I was an avid Neighbours watcher, and we were about 18 months behind in England. Yeah. And even in those days, it was widely known if a soap star became a pop star... That was the end of that. They were coming out of the soap. And I remember being absolutely crushed that that meant that at some point in the next 18 months, she was leaving Neighbours forever. Yeah. And I was in love with this woman. You know, my, my adolescent years were filled with Kylie Minogue. But since then, I think it's fair to say she's become a reasonably big gay icon. Absolutely. It wouldn't be understating that, would it not? <laughs> oh, no, no. The, the question really is, um, she's one of the biggest stars in the world. I mean, there are a few that are, have reached that level of fame. And the thing that still gets me, she agreed to be in an episode of Doctor Who. I still haven't got over that one. How on earth did Russell T. Davis pull that one off? But the question really is, why is she this big gay icon? It's a very good question. I was actually talking to someone at work today about it because I, I said I was very, very much like you, always a, a big fan of Kylie Minogue. And then I met Stuart, my husband, and realised that I, I wasn't a big fan. I just liked her a lot because, <laughs> <laughs> because the definition of a big fan of Kylie Minogue is, uh, is quite intense. But yeah, I don't know. There, there are people. I mean, Stuart has met friends all over the world through a mutual love of Kylie. And it, I, I don't know. It's just she's, I mean, obviously, a lot of her music is quite camp and dancey. But also, she just exudes this, this niceness and this like approachability. You, you feel like if you were in a bar and you saw her, you could just go up to her and chat to her. What, and you would feel safe? Well, Is that the thing? <laughs> not that she would, you know, anybody else, you know, like Belinda Carlisle would turn around and punch her. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. She just, she's just super nice. And whenever you see her being being interviewed or, you know, and she's always up for doing, you know, like Doctor Who. I mean, that was just... Didn't she do a Vicar of Dibley as well? Yes, she was in the Vicar of Dibley. Oh, what else? She, she's been, you know, on things like like Anton Deck's Saturday Night Takeaway. Where, Seriously? Yeah, and they, they got her, she, she was singing a song and they, Anton Deck were both wearing the gold hot pants and they were shoving the bum in her face while she was doing it and stuff. <laughs> and she was just, you know, she doesn't take herself too seriously. So she's done all that for UK TV, but she didn't do the Neighbours... Is it the 30th anniversary or 25th anniversary? It was a big deal. Yeah. They, got, they even got Madge back and she's been dead 20 years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think one of the things that she kind of said 
about not going back to Neighbours is it would be kind of the Kylie show. And because it was, you know, it was the 30th anniversary of Neighbours and it was about everybody who'd been in it. So it's, you know, about Madge and Harold and mm. all the other ones. And if Kylie came back, even if she just walked onto the street or she just said hello, no one else would even notice. And so she didn't want to overshadow it. And, and also... She probably just didn't want. Couldn't be asked. Yeah, it's, but I just find it odd that uh, flattering, but odd that she'll do all this British stuff, and she does seem to. Uh, I, I'm getting the feeling she spends quite a lot of time in Britain. I think when we last we last checked, she lives in London. That probably explains quite a bit then. Yeah, uh, she certainly has done for a long time. I don't know if she, you know, if COVID has sent her elsewhere. <laughs> but yeah, she has she has lived in London for quite a long time. There used to be a pub around the corner from where she lived where Stuart and Kevin uh, would always go for a drink whenever they were in London, just in case <laughs> she passed <laughs> down to her local for a, for a pint. Popped in and she's necking a pint of bitter. <laughs> yeah. All right, lads. <clears throat> I mean, you have uh, been with us to one of her concerts. Yes, that's uh, about five, six years ago now, I think yeah. it was. And uh, what a performance. Uh, whatever. I mean, I went somewhat ironically uh, because it was, uh, you know, my partner at the time, she was very much uh, uh, into Kylie. And it was, we'd been to a few concerts together. So it was, and you'd asked us and it was the logical thing. And and plus it was Kylie Minogue. Yeah. But I, I expected that she'd sort of shy away from the back catalogue and do a more recent stuff. She went all the way back to the beginning and did things like uh, the locomotion and... yeah. And you think, I thought that you would have ditched that years ago. And she threw herself into it, knowing full well that people love it. Yeah, she knows what people what people want. And the thing is, she she always releases new stuff. And, uh, you know, she had the disco album out last year, which was really, really good. But then when she, when she does a tour of that album, hopefully next year, we'll see. <laughs> when she does that, it will be songs from that album, but there'll also be all of them from all of her albums going back because she knows that people, people love that. And there'll mm. be people there who have gone sort of, oh, go on then, I'll go. You know, if you've got no one else to go with, then I'll go with you. And they'll be slightly reluctant. But then as soon as I, I Should Be So Lucky comes on, they're, yeah, I love this. So, yeah, it, it, it's good. She, it, they're definitely really, really good shows. We watched her Glastonbury performance at the weekend. It was re-shown. She played the, the legend slot at Glastonbury a couple of years ago. And that was the most watched Glastonbury performance of all time. That was just fantastic. Yeah, because Glastonbury used to be a bit hick. And then it suddenly became a big thing in the early 90s. And now it's the place to be seen. If you're not, if you're not on at Glastow... You've not really made it. So the live, getting back to the live performance, I've seen quite a few people perform. And um, to varying degrees, some of the ones that I've been most surprised by are the ones that you'd think, all right, all right. Girls Aloud were brilliant. I mean, that was a real good show. Rihanna, she clearly gets off on saying the name of the place that she's in right. a lot, waiting for the crowd to cheer. I did, my overriding memory of going to see her at the MEN or whatever it's called now is her saying, Manchester, a lot. We know where we are, love. Yeah. Sing, bitch. Uh, we've paid God knows how much for these tickets. But Kylie Minogue, she, she came out on time, which they never do. They yeah. keep, they, how, how long does she keep them waiting? 40 minutes, an hour? How about two hours? 
assholes. But Kylie Minogue came out. I think it was half seven. She was out at half seven. Yeah. And she played till... It must have been, maybe there was an interval, but either way, it was, we got what money's worth from that, and it was entertaining all the way through. Yeah, it's a proper show. show. There's costume changes and props and sets and all sorts, aren't there? It's good, and it's worth it, because you you pay a lot of money to go to concerts, and sometimes, you know, like someone like Adele, Mm. you'd you'd pay at least the same amount of money that you pay for a Kylie ticket to go and see Adele, and she would just stand on the stage and sing largely quite depressing songs and you know you just although you know she's a good singer great but you could just listen to the cd couldn't you and whereas you when you when you're at a kylie show you're at the show you're part of it everyone's happy and everyone's drinking and there's sparkles and feathers and all sorts flying around adele um did you see any of the recent series of spitting image (laughs) No. She was one of the best characters. The recent series of Spitting Image, well worth your time. Uh, getting a little bit off topic. But <laughs> Adele was, uh, I can't remember it with, with, whether it was that or Newsoids, which was sort of the precursor. Mm. But they had, there was one particular sketch I can see in my mind's eye where she's in one of those Japanese restaurants where everything's on a conveyor. Uh, she started singing about this food. You're coming into my life and then you left my life. <laughs> <laughs> It's, and it is it is all quite depressing. <laughs> I have got a Kylie album. I bought um I bought the CD version of the very first album because I saw it on a market or something. I thought I'm having you. Very fond memories of that. Yeah. But also there was a was it Ultimate Kylie? It was sort of a two disc best hits of some. That's a really good compilation. You know when you get some best of albums and they're a bit yeah yeah. This one wasn't. And you think, two CDs, that's a lot of songs, but you do know them all yeah, really. All they all are genuine yeah. hits. They're not 17th down the list on an album that you've forgotten <laughs> you bought in 1993. Until they're actually put in front of you, sometimes you don't actually realise just how successful somebody's been. That's the thing, because she's been around for so long, it's just nice to have her there. And then you, you hear, particularly because of who I'm married to, so I get all the news, <laughs> Kylie's got a new single coming out, and Kylie's got a new album coming out. And in that particular area of uh, cyberspace, it's always a big deal. It's always something really good. She she very rarely releases anything that's Meh. subpar. Yeah. Meh. But is it just because? Because you gays, have you, is, that, is that it now? Have you, collared, have you cornered the market on catchy, dancey pop songs? Can nobody else have them now? If you listen no. to this, this is just, this is our tune. Yeah, yeah, we get first, <laughs> we get first refusal. <laughs> Absolutely. So, because uh, back in the 90s, I used to love things like Steps and, uh, and all that. I'm just trying to think now in the 90s what we used to listen to. But you had stuff like Ace of Bass with its terrible English and, uh, and <laughs> all that. Stuff. And it was quite poppy and, and uh, you know, scooch and things, and they were about. But they were all, the gays had them all. In, yeah. They'd scoop them all up and, no, these, these are ours. Nobody else can enjoy these really unless you're gay. Go and get your own. Yeah, and if you if you liked anything like that, then that was a sign that you were gay. You were, in fact, a gay. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Which I didn't realise for years. So my, my CD collection when I was in my, you know, lived at home, my parents must have been wondering. <laughs> yeah. Your CD yeah. collection outed you. It did. It, it gave me away, you know, as a, as a what's it, honorary gay. Honorary gay. <laughs> yes. But I take it Kylie's quite, since she's made a, a large part of a career about it, I take it she's quite receptive to the whole gay icon thing. 
Yes, I think so. Uh, she plays to the audience. I mean, you know, when you when you see her music videos, when you see her shows, she definitely knows what the what the boys like in terms of her backing dancers, you know, and and just the the way she puts things on. I, she definitely plays up to it. But part of it is that she she appreciates that. Mm. It's not she's not coining it in. You know, like when. Madonna and Britney kissed each other at the, mm, that yeah, award the, the show. Gimmick. And it was yes. like, well, that was just to get publicity. You weren't doing that because it's what, you know, the gays wanted. Whereas Kylie sort of genuinely seems to appreciate her gay icon status, which is rightly deserved. I noticed that a lot of the gay icons are female. Mm. Would you care to expand on this as, as to opposed to why they're not male? I don't know. Maybe it's just that the male gay icons, if you like, don't really do much. Like I, I, I can't even think of a male one who you would. Call Ricky Martin. Rick, well, I mean, yeah. So, but Ricky Martin, I guess, is one of those who probably could be considered Elton John. Maybe we'll learn. Uh, yes, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get. He's, he's really. He's, he's, he's quite gay. Isn't <laughs> yeah, he? he's quite gay and quite iconic. But yeah, so you do have the occasional one like that, and I guess Ricky Martin. I suppose he would probably put on quite a an extravagant and camp show if you went to see Ricky Martin. But the people who are the the good-looking and the talented, particularly in the music industry, tend to be fairly, oh, I'm just going to stand here and sing songs. Yeah, and, and then you do get the, well, you're just playing up to a gay audience, you know, which is... Uh, it's so it's the... It- it's the fact that she's been adopted by the gays and run with it genuinely rather than just seeing ka-ching. Yeah, I think so. She probably timed it quite well because obviously in terms of like our generation of gays, <clears throat> because, you know, when we were around about the time that Kylie came out and she was the, uh, her career was starting, it was the late 80s, early 90s. And a lot of the stuff around gay people at the time was about AIDS and it was very, very depressing and, you know, gay people are evil, look what they've done. And Kylie, I guess, came came out and sort of said, oh, forget about all that. Let's just, let's just dance to some silly, silly songs. And that's why we've adopted her. I suppose maybe the younger generation of gay people, I don't know, maybe, maybe don't appreciate that, but they're wrong. Well, yes. <laughs> so with that in mind, it's time to rate Kylie in Feather Boas. <laughs> Well, we've got to decide, feather or not, Kylie Minogue is an important thing in the gay world. Well, I... It doesn't even deserve an answer. No, I'm not even going to... There's no... I don't think there's any amount of uh, feather boas that could be festooned (laughs) Seven out of five. Seven out of five, and that's because we've got no more boas in the house. But yeah, if we're going to be talking about gay icons in episodes as we go through, this uh, was a really good one to start with, and possibly the most important of all. So we'll move on to Screening Queens. Now, bizarrely, I'm going to choose something that I've never watched, but I know that you will have. Uh, it's a film from uh, the late 80s, early 90s called The Delinquents. Ah, uh, yes. Even though it's my turn, I'm going to ask you to tell me what it's about, because I know Kylie's in that, isn't she? Yes. 
And I, I, <laughs> in my memory of it is a bit sketchy, but I, this was like her first foray into serious acting after she she left Neighbours, done music for a bit, and then decided to do this. So it, it was a film about a young couple who basically they just they they run away from home. Fam, families don't get on, mm. uh, so they run away to be together. They don't have any money, and it's a, a sort of love conquers all. I can't remember what happens at the end. Well, <laughs> I, I, I can picture the the video case in my mind. Right? It's a black and white picture of somebody kissing Kylie's neck. Yeah, all very suggestive, and it was a fifteen. Mm. So you knew there was likely to be something in there for the teenage lads when the parents were out. I think Kylie did actually take her top off in it as well. You, you saw a bit of side boob. Well. <laughs> Guess what I'll be doing before bed tonight. Uh, yeah, but that's going to be my recommendation, uh, largely because I've not seen it, and I really feel that like I should have done by now. Definitely. Particularly when, when, it, when it came out, I really that should have been one of the things that I saw, but uh, yes. Excellent. Well, we'll uh, head off to Blockbuster Video and track that down. And in the meantime, we'll leave you to, uh, to it, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye, everyone. Nine Bob Note featured Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Title music was by Mark Scheiman, and the program was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.